You are listening to the Converge Media Network, uplifting our voices. Loyalty's my favorite characteristic of God, but finding it in it is hard. It's like trying to find God. You're the only one in your camp with cheese. You pay for everything they eat. Man, that insecurity is deep. Now I ain't said no names. These are just theories if you hear me, baby. It's home. You must admit it's kind of eerie, baby. Like them chemtrails in the sky. Well, well, grand rising, everyone. Welcome to the day with Trey. I want to welcome you to a fantastic Friday. Can't believe it's already been a week, first week back in the studio. It is a pleasure to be back, that's for sure. But I am so excited to have you joining me on the day with Trey. Of course, I'm your host, Trey Holiday, And I'm telling y'all, I'm excited because today in the building, I got KD Hall with me. We're going to be talking about an amazing program called Girl on the rise and right now it needs your support so I'm so excited to dive in with her today but of course it is the top of the show so it's a great time for you to tag and share this stream right here that's right go ahead and tag and share the stream with folks you feel could benefit from a daily dose of dopeness right here on the day with Trey if you can't watch us don't worry you can listen to us Anywhere you find your favorite podcast, just search Converge Media Network and The Day with Trey. Y'all can find me on Google, Spotify, iTunes, SoundCloud, Apple Music, whichever platform is your favorite, y'all will find me there. Uh, Thank you so much for tagging and sharing the stream and sharing the podcast and listening and watching all over the place. We appreciate all of that. Um, It is with your support and effort that we're able to grow this audience here in the Black Media Matter Studios for The Day with Trey. So I appreciate all of that love and support. Um, You know, speaking of support, before I get into it later on with KD, I want to share that, you know, many of you know Elijah L. Lewis, young brother, 23 years old, uh, one of my young brothers, mentees, whatever you want to call it, our relationship was tight. And you have seen him here with me on The Day With Trey and on Converge Media before the day with Trey on the Morning Update show, y'all have seen him be right here sharing what he was doing in community, sharing his businesses and his inspiration um, when it came to being committed to community. And it is such a heavy loss for so many of us in the community. And I just want to send a real shout out to his family for embracing all of us in community as his brothers and sisters and those who loved him uh, and worked alongside him in organizing. Uh, We have been losing some heavy, heavy pillars in our community recently, and Elijah is definitely one of them. Uh, We want to welcome all of you who may have felt Elijah's impact, heard his story, were inspired by him, worked with him, got to hear from him uh, in community, got to hear him speak at a school where however you were connected uh, to Elijah or if you weren't, but you were impacted by the story and you want to be there to support, we welcome a public viewing uh, this coming Sunday on the 23rd, 423-23 at Rainier Avenue Arts and Cultural Center uh, from 3 
3 to 7 p.m. His family has opened up uh, this opportunity for us to be able to, you know, be together. You know, it is a viewing, but it's going to be more than that. It's going to be an experience, but it's a time for folks to come through, uh, cycle in, you know, say your goodbyes and well love and wishes uh, to Elijah uh, this Sunday. Again, Rainier Avenue Arts Center. Uh, we'll make sure that y'all can see that here on the flyer. But honestly, I wanted to talk about his impact on me. And all I can really say right now is this was a space, you know, having a, a daily show where we can uplift all of the brilliance in our community. For me, folks like Elijah make it so much more valuable because every time he had something to share, he'd be like, Trey, you know, we got to talk about this. Trey, it's time to talk about that. And the fact that we actually have him embed in our archives with so much of his brilliance here that he brought to Converge is a real win. And, and this is exactly why Black Media Matters, y'all, because without platforms like this, these kinds of opportunities and stories and events and uh, initiatives that are going on in the community don't always have the platform to share it. And there's something very specific and important about video because now what we have is an amazing archive that folks in 50 years, in 20 years, in 100 years maybe, they'll all be able to see, man, what was Seattle doing back in 2020, back in 2023, back in 2021? They'll be able to see this because of Converge. And so I just encourage you, if you are not already a Patreon supporter of Converge, please support this platform, this media company, because honestly, it does matter. It matters now and it's going to matter in the future. We need to really capture the energy and the essence of the brilliance in our community today for us to be able to understand today, but to also be sure that future generations understand what we were doing right here. And this is why this wall is so important because I get inspired every day coming in knowing that Al Smith was out there capturing the imagery of a time when I did not exist so that I'm able to see it, to feel its impact, to understand all of the joy and brilliance that was going on in a time before me. So I look forward to being that for others so they can say, man, this was what Trey was doing. This is what Elijah was doing before me. And it encourages me and inspires me to do something today. So again, I encourage you to join uh, the community, join the family for this viewing uh, this coming Sunday, 4-23-23, 3 to 7 p.m. at Rainer Avenue Arts Center. Well, after this short break, y'all, I'm also excited because we get to talk about a very important program that needs our support. KD Hall is coming up right after this. Stay tuned. You're watching The Day with Trey. COVID-19 are my income, my health, and my family. We were about to lose our home when we heard we might be eligible for homeowner assistance funds from the government. We called 1-877-894-HOME and a housing counselor stepped in. They talked to our lender and saved our home because falling on hard times does not have to mean losing your home. Federal funding details at WashingtonHAF.org. 
basically fam believe in giving like we have to be willing to give more and people seem to always think giving means money but nah bro it's like you can give time you can give understanding you can give access you can give a listening ear and an open heart you can give and share your god-given gifts and talents but you just got to give What's up, everybody? You know, me and Besa, my girl, we had to pull up to Market Street Shoes once again, y'all. And you know, we do this every season. We have to get the new shoes, the new boots, and this time, I even got a coat. Yeah, no, you did walk in without a coat. I really I'm did. glad you found one. But their boots were on point. Yes, the boots, the bags. I even grabbed a flannel. Yeah, you did. You know, and I was able to get some hats and everything. I was really impressed. And you know I was impressed because, of course, I got those white boots that you guys see me wearing everywhere these days. Yeah, no, I, I look at your white boots and I'm like, darn it, they only have one pair. Me and Basie wear the same size. Of course, every time we walk out with several bags in hand. Several bags and sometimes even a backpack, you guys. Make sure you check out Market Street Shoes. Yeah, please check them out. where they go, Basa? Ooh, 2232 Northwest Market Street, Seattle, Washington. Welcome back, everybody, to The Day with Trey. I'm your host, Trey Holiday. Joining me right now is KD Hall. What's up, KD? What's up, Trey? How are you? I am well. It's so good to have you on my living room set here on The Day with Trey. I have just been so inspired by the work you and your team have been doing out here to make sure that we are aware of so many great things going on in our community. KD, let's talk a bit about some of your history here because I know you have a, a publicist firm. You do a bunch of uh, PR. Tell us about what got you into that work. Yeah, absolutely. Trey, thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. And I definitely want to talk about my work. And I just want to say, too, is there any way we can give Elijah a moment of silence before I start oh, talking about the youth? Absolutely. Okay. Let's do it right now. Thank you so much. And thank I don't personally know him, but I definitely see him through watching him on Converge. Um, I think I mentioned to you when we were sitting up here that we just recently started working with the Why Not You Academy. And I understand he was in there teaching in the classrooms just like a week prior. And I was like, man, this is so sad, right? 23 years old and he has so much life in him. Yeah. And so when I really think about like the work that I do, it's, it's because of people like Elijah, mm -hmm. right? When you really think about it, when I rolled a clock all the way back, almost 20 years ago to being 23, um, you know, I was in a situation at that time where I wasn't really sure uh, what paths were going to manifest for me. Um, I was uh, just getting out of college. And in, when I was in college, I did start a program called Sisters of Success. Mm -hmm. And it was very similar to what we do today with Katie Hall Foundation. And the reason why I started that program is because I really started to pay attention as we were about to graduate about the difference in pay between women and men, mm -hmm. white men in particular, women and white men. I'm like, hold up. This don't make no sense. Yeah. <laughs> they were, you know, working on my papers. They were looking at my papers in class. I don't think so. And so I started doing more and more research on like the equity of pay. And that at that point, this I'm talking back like 2004, there wasn't a lot of women CEOs and there wasn't a lot of women at the top. But I saw a lot of women in mid management. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm not about to do that. I'm sorry. I was looking at my parents and I'm like, they're tired because when they were 40, like they it was a different 40 than what 40 is now. 
And I was like, I don't want to do that route. So that's why we started the organization back then. I was also at the same time also facing um, prison time, too. I was facing probably about 35 years in prison as a young black girl, first generation college graduate. And so at that point, I was thinking, OK, so if I am going to go to prison, then I need to have a plan. Right. I was like, so this organization is going to continue. It might be five years delayed, but it's going to continue um, once. I wasn't, they found I wasn't involved in the conspiracy piece, then it went down to five years. But still, being a young black girl, first generation college graduate, and I was like right there, it was almost like having success, like right there, I'm about to bite down on it. And then it kind of got taken away from me. Yeah. I was a journalist, a, a student journalist, um, mass communications, had my own sports show when I was in college and everything. And it was like, I got hit with this reality that I was a statistic. I was another black girl coming out of Detroit public schools. And this is what it was going to be. My reality included jail time. Mm. And so I was like, okay, so if I go to jail, this is my plan. If I don't go to jail, this is my plan. And this is my plan. One thing I'm not going to do is go into media because my name at that point was on the news for this situation. Mm. Um, after that, I made it through that situation. I did not go to prison. Um, there was other, uh, you know, repercussions that I received and I still deal with today. Um, as a result of that, and then my husband, well, he's my boyfriend, and he's like, I'm going to join the Air Force because we both need a second chance. We need to go somewhere else. We got to be able to start over. And I'm like, do it. You know, and he joined the Air Force and they sent us to Spokane, Washington. Wow. <laughs> I've never been to Spokane, Washington before. I'm like, what? What is this? <laughs> I'm from the D. Are you kidding right. me? <laughs> and we were on that base. And we were, it was like 1% black, like straight up in 2007. And I, I'm not going to lie. I was, I was sticker shocked. I was just like, what did we do? Like, why are we all the way out here? Here. And then very quickly, I realized it was so much opportunity. And then I came over to Seattle to visit with my job with Macy's. And I was like, okay, no, this is where it's at. Yeah. And so I was like, I got to move over here. But of course, he was in the military. We couldn't just leave. And so from there, I went to the Tri-Cities, did some work there. And I really started to fall in love with Washington. Tri-Cities, they sent me over here to Seattle um, for a few years. And then they sent me over to New York. And this was University of Phoenix. They sent me out to New York for three years, which I really thank that experience. And actually being in New York made me appreciate Seattle even more. Mm. I mean, I love the East Coast. It's nothing like it. You can go right. to bed at midnight. I mean, you can go to bed at 10, wake up at midnight and still go out and party. Yeah. And to 6 a.m., we weren't 30 yet. So, we were, <laughs> you know, we were having fun out that way. Um, and then it was just something about Seattle that just kept pulling us back. This is my third time living here in 17 years. Um, we came back to Seattle. And at that point, I knew that I did not want to work in corporate and just like stay in a corporate environment. I wasn't able to be my full self. Yeah. And communications just kept calling me. I kept being on communications projects and I'm like, okay, it's time to face the noise. And so when we came back here, we started doing conferences and I started talking about my story and getting more and more comfortable sharing about my story because it was a mental setback. Like it, it mentally, I was mentally, I never went to prison. But mentally, my mind was in prison. Yeah. I was afraid to like really say who I was. Um, I would hide my degree because it had my name, my last name on it, my maiden last name, which is Baker. And I'm a Baker woman through and through. But I would hide my degree because I didn't want people to know about the felony. And I went through that for like 10 years. Um, and so when I started the foundation, honestly, it was for me in the beginning. It was about me getting my uh, confidence back. It was about me ensuring that other girls didn't experience what I experienced, like right there, pretty much like at the Super Bowl and then you fumble the ball. That's what it felt like for me. Um, I felt like a complete failure, you know what I'm saying, coming out that situation. And I just didn't want that. So I was like, you know what? 
why were some of the issues? Why did this happen? Well, internships back then didn't pay money. Yeah. We're talking like right. 2000. Right. You know, we weren't getting paid. So my internship at the equivalent to like a King Five, it was called Channel Four News out there. It didn't pay. Mm -hmm. I was there 32 hours a week. So I had to get money. However, I had to get money. I'm just yeah. being honest. Right. Um, my parents had six kids. I mean, it wasn't like that. You know, yeah. what I mean, they did well, but it wasn't like that. They couldn't pay for my college in full. And so I did what I had to do as a result. And I wanted to make sure that other women that they could do what they wanted to actually do in their profession and they get paid for it yeah. so that they didn't have to do other stuff to make money. Yeah. And so that was the beginning. And then it morphed into something else, Trey, like these girls started taking over and it, and then now it became like them. And I feel like I'm more or less of a, a vessel to be able to show them what they can do. But eventually I see girls on the rise being owned hundred percent by these girls. And if oh, they don't yeah. take it, my daughter's already said it's theirs. <laughs> well, you know, this is really, I, I mean, this is why I love being able to dive into people's stories because you never know what brings somebody to the yeah. work that is so impactful to so many people. Like you never really know it until you hear those details. So I appreciate you for sharing that and for being courageous enough to share it so others can learn yes. from it and understand the the trials and tribulations that you could go through and you're saying look I already did it let me help you not do that that is really a beautiful way to open a business to do something different to inspire others and so clearly girls on the rise is you know giving these young women and young girls the opportunity to do the things they love and to learn tell us more about some of the specifics of the program yeah great question and thank you so much um so girls on the rise they were pretty much created by our college ambassadors. They have a creed that they live by. So they have competencies that they live by. Some of those are like self-discovery. Because I always tell the girls, like, I don't want you being a, a mini KD. I need you to be you. Because yeah. the best version of you is probably much greater than where I will ever go. So I don't want you being that. So self-discovery is how we kick off the program. And then we get them to start digging into like their their past, which thankfully they're 17 and younger. So it's not a lot of past. Mm -hmm. But a lot of times trauma comes up. So now we have like therapists that comes in and do part of our classes after that self-discovery session because that can bring a lot of pain up. Mm -hmm. And then from there, we go through all types of stuff like negotiation. We teach them how to read contracts. And the part that I'm very proud of is we pay them. Mm -hmm. So if you're 11 years old and you're a girl on the rise, you get paid. Wow. And we pay them because of like I just shared with you about my story. And I want them to know that there's certain things that you do do as community and as community service. And there's certain things that you do and you need to be paid for it. Mm -hmm. And so we've been teaching them that for about four to five years now. We're in our we're actually in our fourth year of the actual program. And when I look at these girls now that started with us four years ago and looking at them now, they're like, oh, yeah, now I'm on my school board. I'm like, what? How did you get on your school board? I, I wasn't doing that in high school. Or, yeah, I'm being paid. And one girl was like, hey, I had to negotiate my pay um, because I was like, I'm worth more than $15 an hour. This is a 16 year old. So the type of conversations, you know, what I mean, that they're having is Ugh. is what's going to be able to make us have a better overall society. 20 years from now, Trey. Yeah, this is, uh, you got me getting the goosies over <laughs> here because honestly, I think about myself as a, a young black girl and I'm always so inspired by how we're learning from the past to make better futures. And this means that the future generations are going to have so much more than we had yes. in terms of understanding of how the world works, understanding of their brilliance in the world. Um, you know, as, as one of my directors says, their vibranium, like what are they bringing in? 
And I, lo- I love I love that. It. So I I repeat it often because I'm like, yeah, what are they bringing uh, to the world? I think is so key and it's so important uh, for them to have that foundation. Now, you know, it seems like girls on the rise. Now there's some issues here. I mean, mm-hmm. let's talk about these <laughs> challenges, KD, because this is a much needed program. And unfortunately, it's looking like the funding may be going elsewhere. Tell us more about these challenges. Right Absolutely. Now. I'm so happy you brought that up because you're right. Like ESSER is like a funding group that Katie Hall Foundation is a part of. And it's not just us. It's 49 other organizations that are usually black or brown led. And we get funding through um, OSPI. And we just found out on March 29th. So we're all excited, right? We got our budgets turned in. We're planning for 2023, 2024. And then we get an email from um, Chris from OSPI and said, hey, your funding's in jeopardy. Um, All of the funds that were um, obligated to you beyond June 30th is um, pretty much in jeopardy of being reallocated. And we're like, why? Like, why are you all doing this? And pretty much, I don't know all of the intrinsic details, but the larger organizations, yeah, yeah, the larger the larger organizations are the ones that are uh, allegedly is where the funds are being reallocated to, and so what that means for us is a hundred thousand dollars for the for our foundation. Every organization might have got different dollar amounts, but for us, for the last three years, we've been getting a hundred thousand. The difference between what we do with our money and maybe what others do is I'm a hundred percent volunteer. I don't take a dollar from the foundation because that's my volunteer work. That's like my price of a mission of living here you know what I mean? on earth. Like that's how I look at it. I don't take any money. So that way we're able to pay our money all the way down to our girls. So our girls get 100 percent of our funding. We have college students in or other like people who get paid to work with our girls, like people in community. Yeah. One young lady named Elena is a therapist. So she's going to come in and talk to them a little bit more about therapy. Um, so we have different things happening, but all of our money is spent down with either girls or women. At the end of the year, we're at zero. And so it's devastating. It's $100,000 for a small nonprofit. We have our own space also at the Treehouse building. So of course we have rent to pay mm-hmm. um, and we're in a three-year contract. So we'll make sure that rent's paid either way, but it's, but it's devastating to be able to take this type of funding away. Uh, we have 50 girls, Trey. Wow. We have 42 or 41 in the state. We got one in Florida. I don't know how she jumped on board, but she did. And we weren't going to kick out no girls. And we got eight in Nigeria. Wow. So this on, this is not only impact our girls in Washington. It also impact that cohort of girls in Nigeria. When our hundred dollars go over to them, it's not it's not the same. You know what I mean? They're able to help their families. We're talking about periods and not having the right type of supplies. And so we would have to stop that, unfortunately. We would have to probably stop the work that we're doing over in Nigeria so we could focus on our girls in Washington. So, you know, we're going to fundraise regardless. But when you were expecting something in September and we're talking about it's almost May, that's a, it's a deficit for us. Yeah. I mean, this is this is the unfortunate thing yeah. about so many different ways that funding works. Right. I mean, ju- just just today I, I'm hearing about this. There's something to do with the need for the ones who have the money and the funding to understand the impact that that funding can have 
on grassroots, community-based style solutions mm -hmm. that are normally, as we say in community, culturally uh, approved, culturally responsive, um, that allow for you to be making these direct connections. Mm -hmm. And the, the the funny thing about this, Katie, is that if somebody else tries to take over the idea, they won't have the same impact. They oh, right? not they at just all. won't. And so there's something all. very special mm -hmm. about you and your team saying, this is how we're utilizing these funds, and this is how we're empowering these young women to see themselves in in a high regard and understand their worth and their value what can be done now in terms of trying to to you know yeah. resurrect what y'all were looking for well we so we went up last week to olympia we had a meeting with governor Inslee, and i was our girls lay at the meeting and they said well you know governor we appreciate you for meeting with us and they said that we know that you don't make the decision on this funding because it's actually legislators that's suggesting this change. They said, but you know, you do have the responsibility to ensure that there's equity and pay for me. And these girls are 14, 15. They said, once I graduate from college. Yes. And that's what this really means. Like th it's a serious thing. So what can be done? Um, other organizations looking at the ESSER grantees. I mean, of course I want us to be funded, but it's not just about us. Yeah. There's several other organizations in there that are led by black and brown leaders across our state. Uh, find out who we are and look into the work that we're doing in community um, and look at and talk to our students. Find out from them if it's really impactful. And if it's not impactful, do what you got to do. But I think that look at other ways of funding. We got the funding day coming up in May. I can't think of what it's called right now, mm -hmm. but that, that fun, it's a funding day. But like fund us like, you know, twenty five dollars putting that into even Converge or us or any of these other ESSER grantees, it goes far. Putting $25,000 in there go even further. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like seriously. So like think about our organizations. If you feel that you are attracted to the work that we're doing, then put your dollars in other places. I'm not telling you to take your dollars away from larger nonprofits if that's what you want to do, but you equally should be looking at some of the smaller ones and thinking about the impact. Um, Trey, I just want to say one more thing and I promise I'll wrap it up. But like our girls last night, we had class mm -hmm. and we were talking about like, hey, what happens to um, children who are born to parents, you know, who are mothers who were using drugs or alcohol? Um, and the girls, they went on and on talking. And we have all girls in our program. We do cater to black girls. And I'm black, so we're going to definitely cater to black girls, black and brown girls. But we have all, all girls in our program. And one of the girls was saying, like, yeah, I do think that the way you're born and how you're born will impact the, the outcome of your life. Mm -hmm. And I let her talk. And I let her get her brilliance out. And I said, I agree with you. And there's a thing called privilege. And there's a thing called a privilege walk, which I'm going to walk you through that when I see you on May 20th in person, because I do see them like once a month in person. And I was explaining to her that just because we're somebody start, I don't mean they're going to end up there. Because if that's the case, then y'all wouldn't be in this program, because that means I would not have never had the ability to start Katie Hall Foundation. Yeah. So it's always learning going on both ends. I learn from them. They learn from us. We go back and forth. But we need the funding. It's that simple. Our girls, they're doing a fundraiser. They just said, let's the rest of this this quarter for us, which ends June 23rd, they said, let's just take the rest of our time and invest into getting out there vocally and yeah. asking for funding. They said, we want to do it ourselves. We don't need you doing it for us, KD. You did your part. They said, let us get out there and jump up front. So we are going to be doing a lot of fundraising. Believe it or not, we have never had a fundraiser before. We have never had like a gala. So now it's just making us get stronger. Yeah. Yep. It's making us like look at hey, you shouldn't be depending on one source to fund you anyway. That's right. That's you right. need to be thinking strategically, KD. So I got as much to own as 
Esser, right? I have as much of that to own as well. And so right now we're just thinking of how are we going to get this money? How are we going to get it from different ways? How are we going to continue to get grants? How are we now going to start working for other organizations and just get paid so we have money coming in that way too? for our girls. So we're just getting more strategic. Oh, well, that's always a beautiful yeah. thing. And sometimes we got to go through those rough waters mm -hmm. in order to get to the calming seas. So I love that. And I'll say this, uh, this is a platform for them. If they want to come here and let us know what they're doing, uh, they want to speak on the program, the yes. impact it's had on them, and definitely keep us apprised as to like what is going on with the foundation and how they are doing these fundraising events. Let us know so that we can try to help get the word out. KD is always, it's so great to like just talk with you I know. and, I and share. More. Yeah, we <laughs> definitely do. Anytime that you have things you want to share, okay. please feel free. And I would love to see some of the girls come yes. through. They can figure out who's going to represent right come on down here so we can shine a light on not just this funding aspect yeah. but also they can share the the impact that this foundation and girls on the rise the program has really had on their lives kudos to you and your team thank for you. seeing the need and filling that void thank you so much thank you and i hope that you will be willing to meet with our nigerian girls too i, will. I don't know if that's possible but Anything you okay. need from me, you got it. Okay, gotcha. Okay. <laughs> Thank well, you. Well, of course, of course, we're going to have inspiring stories here on The Day with Trey. I get to wrap it all up right after this short break. Stay tuned, y'all. Welcome back, everyone, to The Day with Trey. I'm your host, Trey Holiday, And it was such an inspiring episode here with KD Hall, with the KD Hall Foundation. You can find out more information on their program, Girls on the Rise, at kdhallfoundation.org. Make sure you go check that out. And please, as KD said, you know, this is an opportunity now that you know more. When they say you know better, you do better. And so that means that any amount of funding that you can offer to Girls on the Rise, please do so. Go to their website, find out how you donate, find out how to get engaged and involved. If you are a woman who has a phenomenal job or career or something you would like to share with these young women, please touch base with this foundation. Uh, the work that they're doing is truly impactful and it is beyond just Washington State as she shared. This is international, touching beautiful young women in Nigeria as well. So when we have the opportunity to step up to the plate and be engaged and be a part of something so phenomenal in our community, we need to take that opportunity seriously. So I encourage all of you to be inspired of course as I was by the story that Katie shared here. It's so great for me to be able to have this platform, y'all, and to tap in with brilliance like KD's and the work that she's doing, not just with Girls on the Rise, but also the idea that she said, look, my story can be transformational and impactful to someone else. Let me not sit on this story. Let me share it with others so that they can actually see a pathway forward if they're in similar circumstances or situations. And that right there is the beauty and power of our stories. Of course, y'all know I want you to be inspired to see yourself as a part of the solution as KD is doing. And for me, y'all, until Monday at 11 a.m., peace. <laughs>
Converge Media produces culturally relevant content for Black and urban audiences. Our coverage is raw, transparent, and objective, praised by community leaders, government officials, and residents. Support Converge Media today via Venmo, Cash App, or PayPal at Converge Media.